This is One Oak Church. We exist to share the hope of Jesus. No matter who you are or where you're at in life, you are welcome. Our mission is simple, to bring people that are far from God close to Him. Tune in as Pastor Robbie Emery shares how we change the world by loving God and loving others. Matthew 3, verse 13. If you have it or you can follow along on the screens. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. Jesus is going to be baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. And John would have prevented him saying, I, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. This, uh, you, you're the one that's going to deliver everybody. You're the one that people are going to come see and they're going to be healed and things are going to happen. You're the one we've been waiting for. I need to, need to be baptized by you. And, but Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, he, immediately he went up from the water. Everyone say water. water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. Identification. This is my son. Doesn't speak to his actions. Doesn't speak to his abilities. Doesn't speak, speaks to his relation. This is my son. Whom I am well pleased. This is my son. I'm happy with him. I'm pleased with him. There's no confrontation there. There's no opposition there. This is my son whom I love. I'm happy with. In Matthew 4 verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Everyone say wilderness. To be tempted by the devil. This is my son who I love and I'm well pleased. Jesus is led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. A lot of times when we have this moment with God, we're like, the next thing's the promised land. But sometimes the next thing's the wilderness. But I want to talk to you today about keep going. Because the wilderness is not going to last. But on the other side of the wilderness, we're going to see it today, was Jesus' ministry. On the other side of the wilderness was Jesus' witness. Hope you'll help me preach today. We may not be the biggest church, but one of the loudest churches. <laughs> Come on. Set your Bibles and phones down beside you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're doing in all of our lives. We are a blessed people. We stand here today just in awe of who you are. God, I pray today for every person in this room. I pray today that they would see you. And when they see you, they'll realize that you love them. You love them if there was no one else to love. You love them all by themselves. You love them. And for the next 20 minutes, God, I pray you help me share what you put in my heart for this moment, for this day. And let us see you, God, and realize there's a lost and dying world and that they need you, Jesus. And let us be your hands and be your feet, your loving hands and your loving feet to share the gospel with everyone. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. come on, all God's people said, Amen. High five somebody. You can be seated. I lived in Houston for eight years, and uh, we've learned a lot of things in living in Houston. We, of course, in 
being down south and learning the cultures, southern culture. And that's why we're doing uh, Southern Sunday. We're doing sweet tea and lemonade and, uh, and cookies and uh, diabetes, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but um, what, being down south, being in Houston, we we're just a few miles away from the border of Louisiana. And, and Houston has a culture. Texas has a culture. But Louisiana has a whole other culture. I can barely understand people in Louisiana. They're what's called Cajun, right? They're Cajuns. And, and I, I can barely understand them. But I met quite a few people in Louisiana. I mean, like quite a few people. And I met people named Boudreaux. Try spelling that. Try spelling Boudreaux. Thibodeau. Pierre. Gentry. And they would tell me all kinds of stories. These are all French Cajuns. They all these kinds of stories. Boudreaux. Boudreaux, he was, a, he was a baseball coach. Boudreaux was. Boudreaux was a baseball coach. And Pierre and Gentry and Thibodeau they were all assistant coaches with Boudreaux. And they were on a traveling team, and they would travel all over Louisiana, even in parts of Texas. But none of the other coaches wanted to sleep with, in the same room with Boudreaux. They didn't want to share a room because Boudreaux snored, right? How many, how many got some snores in your room, right? You understand that. And so the first night, it was Thibodeau's responsibility to sleep with Boudreaux. And in the same room in there, and so he's in the room, and Thibodeau's in there, and he says, well, here's the thing. You've got to fall asleep before Boudreaux does. And Thibodeau's in the room. He doesn't fall asleep, and literally he watches Boudreaux all night long, just snoring, can't fall asleep. Comes down to breakfast the next morning, Gentry and Pierre are there, and like, what happened, Thibodeau? He says, Boudreaux fall asleep. He says, his eyes are all blood shoot. That's what they say, blood shoot. Eyes all blood shoot. He said, I just watched Boudreaux all night long. The next night is Gentry. Gentry is that staying in the same room with Coach Boudreaux. Coach Boudreaux falls asleep in his bed, and Gentry's in his bed, and he can't fall asleep. Comes down the next morning, his eyes all blood shoot. He said, I watched Boudreaux all night long. Next night is Pierre. Pierre in the same room. Boudreaux, he's sleeping in his bed, Boudreaux in his bed. He comes out the next morning, Pierre, he's all, he's all happy, glad to be up in the morning, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Pierre, what happened? He said, well, Boudreaux got in bed. He said, I went over, and he said, I, I tucked Boudreaux in. I gave him a kiss on the cheek. Boudreaux watched me all night long. Raise your hand if you ever dated a crazy person. <laughs> How many in the room married that crazy person? No, I'm just kidding. I remember growing up playing with toys. I always had toys. My son plays with toys. We've always been like this, this toy type of family, Legos. Uh, back when I was growing up, I had these figures called, I don't know if you, you were into this, but it was called He-Man, right? I had He-Man. I had every He-Man figure, all right? Don't hate on me. Don't judge me for having dolls, folks. I know they're dolls, but they were He-Man dolls, all right? Action figures is what someone says. That's all right. I'll take that. They were action figures. And so I had those, and I played with those. those and I, I played them maybe a little too long. Right up to fifth grade, I played with them. And then, then it was a Tuesday in sixth grade that I hit puberty, and then I wanted, like, where are the girls? You know, girls were yucky on Monday, but on Tuesday, puberty hit, and there's like, I had to find some girls, you know. Can I have one of them? <laughs> and uh, 
And so I got married as soon as I could, and Danielle, she's out there running around making things happen today, and I, I love you, Danielle. And, uh, and the other day, I, I, it was just a, just a random day, and just any other day, and I sent her some roses, TJ. I knew she was going to be out with some friends, and I, I sent her some roses and just wanted to surprise her, just say, hey, here's some roses, babe. And it wasn't a special day. It wasn't her birthday. It was, it was, just, a, it was just a day, just a day. And so I sent her some roses, and I knew, I knew where she was going to be having lunch. I knew she was going to be with some other people. And so I had the roses delivered to the restaurant. And so they, they were delivered there, and, and they, they, come on, somebody, you can get the scene now. She's seated with her friends, and the roses are being delivered. And the, you know, all the ladies in there, you know, they're looking around, wondering who those are going to, and they go to my girl. Don't you know that was a good night in the Emory house? <laughs> Listen, I have three kids, not because I'm good looking, because I'm smart, folks. Come on, take notes. Happy wife, happy life. Well, I even feel the same way here at One Oak Church because our kids' space is growing. Our pre-K and nursery, it's growing. It's growing. And so we're thankful for that. We're, we're excited about what next is holding for our, our kid space. And we've got elementary kids, pre-K kids, nursery. I walked by there. There's some crying kids there right now. So just have, there's, they're, they're, they're little ones. They're, 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 they're needing, they, I think they came and got there. We just, we're looking for some, so, some support, some help, some people to jump in and get involved. So come to our Welcome to Church party later. You can find more about it. These are growing pains, folks. We love them. Growing pains. In Matthew 4, verse 1, it says this, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was led by the Spirit. I want to take a few minutes. I want to exegete these passages of Scripture. A lot of times we want to be led by the Spirit, but it's never into the wilderness. I want to be led by the Spirit. At our church we say we're Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. I want to be led by the Spirit. Just don't lead me there. Like, oh, okay, good. I'm, I'm going to make my decision on this route. I want to be led by the Spirit, just not to the wilderness, Lord. Especially to be tempted by the devil. Especially to go through trials and tests. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. In verse 2, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And Jesus was fasting. Jesus was, was allowing the flesh to die. And pushing away things. And so he could have some time alone. This scripture lets me know right here that it was the man part of Jesus working in the moment. We get to see the God part in the miracles. We get to see the deity and the miraculous. But the man part, the 40 days of not eating and now being hungry. The humanity of Christ. Bible says, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God. Command the stones to become loaves of bread. The tempter knew what his physical weakness was. He knew that he had a desire to eat. He knew that he would be hungry. And so the tempter understood his physical weakness. If you've ever tried to fast, if you've ever tried to do anything like that, right? You know, you know someone's going to offer to take you to like Texas Day Brazil. Like, I'm fasting meat. I'm going to pay for your entire meal. Like, what are you doing? 
You're like, there's a burrito. You don't even like burritos, but you want a burrito. Everywhere you go. But he answered in verse four, it is written. To answer it is written, you have to know it's written. What happened was, is what I thought was, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He recited a generational promise of deliverance. He recited Deuteronomy 8. He said, I don't need your bread. My bread comes from God. My sustenance, my being, my hope, everything that I need comes from God. I don't need what you have. I'm not going to allow you to give me words to put into my life to, to guide my steps. No, my words come from God. The steps are ordered in his word. Matthew 4, verse 5, Then the devil took him to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, let me just stop here. At the end of chapter 3, Matthew 3, what did the voice say? This is my Son. This is my Son. Jesus already knew who he was. He already had an understanding of who he was. He took the Lord's words first before he ever took anyone else's. He says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. So the enemy starts quoting some scripture. You better know your stuff. They do too. They know your stuff. But then he quotes Psalms 91 and 11. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said, against, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus fired back. Don't test the Lord your God. Now he's there to protect you. He's there to guard you. So when you make a step that you do not know, but not intentionally do, he'll protect you. But if I'm intentionally doing this, we take God out of it because it was what I wanted to do. It was my intentions. The enemy, if we don't know it, the enemy will try to change it. Just a little word, just a little idea, just a little thought. Because the will of God will never supersede the law of God. David was anointed to be king of Israel. Saul is the current king. David is now the next king in line. It's the will of God for him to be king. David is running from Saul. Saul's trying to kill David. David goes and hides in a cave. He's hiding in the cave. Saul comes in there to use the bathroom in the cave that David is hiding in. It's scripture, folks. And David and his men are there. And David's men said, Look what the Lord has done. He's delivered Saul into your hands. And David said, I cannot touch the Lord's anointed. What he was saying is that the will of God will never supersede the law of God. It's not the will of God for this to happen this way. The law says Saul is to survive. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He doesn't quit, keeps going, keeps pushing. And he said to him, all these I will give you. All these I will give you. If you'll fall down and worship me. 
all lie, give lie, fall down truth. If you fall down. And Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Deuteronomy 10 and 20, you must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and were ministering to him. The devil left and made room for ministry. See, the quicker you can get rid of the devil, the divine will have room to minister. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. Continue reading. Even after the devil leaves, he's still faced with tragedy. Tragedy falls on the just and unjust. Triumph, triumph falls on the just and unjust. It happens. So in leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. He chose to fulfill scripture rather than fight it. We can find daily peace in choosing to fulfill Scripture instead of fighting it. Faith is what, honor God, what honors God most and what God mostly honors. I don't understand this. So we tend to fight things instead of faith things. I'm just going to trust you, God. I'm going to follow your word. I'm not going to fight your word. We gain knowledge faster than we do wisdom. Read a book, we gain knowledge. Wisdom comes through time. Wisdom comes through experiences. Wisdom comes in trial and error. We must use faith to navigate between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge mostly comes with time. Wisdom often comes with tears. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, and them a light is dawn. Verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He began to preach a message, an old message, if you will. It's never too late to preach an old message. It was John the Baptist's message is what Jesus began to preach. Repent. Just turn away from your current ways. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is at reach. It's within your grasp. It's right there. It's close by. You see, that's the message we're to preach. The message we're to preach is that the good news, it's close. The good news is right here. Because a lot of times we turn on the radio or the television or we check the feeds on the internet and we seem like good news is so far away, but the good news is so close. It's within our reach. Share good news at work. In life, our message is heaven is close. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Oh, just keep going. He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for there they were fishermen. Jesus just keeps walking. I'm going from the water into the wilderness, and from the wilderness to a witness. Jesus, just just keep moving. There's a progression to our relationship with God. 
There's a, I just got to keep going. I, I want to grow more in Christ. I want to learn more from God. I don't just want to stay in the water. Well, I got to go to the wilderness? Yeah, I, I'm going to go to the wilderness for 40 days. I'm going to face some trials and I'm going to face some tests. But out of the other side of the wilderness was Jesus' ministry. Everything we read about, all the blessing, all the healing, everything he did was following the wilderness. It was after that Jesus left the wilderness and started to witness. I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you're in, in the place of affirmation, identification. This is my son. This is my daughter who I love and I'm well pleased. Or maybe you've come up out of the water and you're walking through the wilderness. And you're being tempted and trials are coming against you. And you're, you're having to share scripture and you're just going against it each and every day. Just keep going. I don't, know, I don't know if it's 20 days into the wilderness, if you're 40 days in the wilderness, or if you're coming out on the other side, just keep going. Because you're going to come across some guys. You're going to come across some people that you're going to witness to. And Jesus has said, simply follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There's going to be some people you're going to come in contact with that really need to follow Jesus. And it's on the other side of the wilderness. It's on the other side of the water. It's in your witness. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. See, we're called to catch people, not clean people. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility is just catch, just gather, just bring them in, not to clean. We're not a cleaning church. We're a catching church, just FYI. You belong here. That's our message. You belong here. Why do we make it so difficult for people to belong or for us to connect with? Jesus laughed with people. Jesus healed people. Jesus walked with people. Jesus suffered for people before he ever saved them. Before he was ever their savior, he just walked with them. And we want people to go through a Bible study before we'll have coffee with them, before we'll have breakfast with them. Come on, there's a lost and dying world. And we have the message, the gospel message. The good news, we're not supposed to clean. We're just supposed to catch. Follow me. And going on from there, oh, Jesus doesn't stop. Just keep going. Oh, oh, but I've got, I've got Simon Peter and Andrew's brother. I've got the guy who's, who's going to be by my side to the end. He might deny me, but he's going to preach the day of Pentecost. The church is going to be built on his shoulder and upon his rock. Upon this rock, I'm going to build the church. He's going to preach that message and thousands will be saved in one day because of Simon Peter. No, but there's more for you to do. Jesus kept going. A lot of times like, oh, I've, got, I've got one person coming to church. I've got, I've got this person connected. No, come on, keep going. Until there's no more breath in my lungs, I'm going to reach as many people as I can for the kingdom of God. And Jesus kept going. You know who he ran into next? The Bible says he ran into James, and he ran into John, his best friend. See, if he stopped, he would have never met his best friend, John, because John is the only disciple he spoke to from the cross. Wow. John was the person that he put in charge of his mom. Hey, take care of my mom while I'm gone. Unbelievable. I, if it, maybe, I'm just encouraging you, keep going. Keep witnessing. Doug, keep telling about the Lord. Keep telling about your faith. Keep sharing. It's never enough. When shall I stop? Never. 
How much is enough? No, it's not enough. There's a lost and dying world. There's seats in this room. We can add more seats. There's always gonna be one more seat for someone to fit in this space. There's always gonna be room at the feet of Jesus. Jesus didn't stop there. He went a ways longer. He kept going. We have a mission to keep going. Immediately they left the boat and their father followed him. He went throughout Galilee. He just keeps going. Just keeps going. Teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the what? Gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Jesus just was teaching. He was healing. He was helping. Give me the wilderness if that's the result. Teaching, not condemning. Healing, not correcting. That's what Jesus went and did. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all the sick. Everyone say all. Those afflicted with various diseases and pains. Those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics. And he healed them. Jesus became famous and they brought the hurting. He didn't refuse them, but restored them and healed them. Everyone came to Jesus. And finally, and great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. I'm ready to reach beyond. Jesus went beyond and reached you. It's our responsibility to populate heaven and plunder hell. That's what we're called to do as a church. That's why we exist. Belong here. Before anyone believed Jesus, stay. Jesus walked with them and talked with them. Before you believe, you belong. Before you even behave, you belong. We went to Houston for a few days a couple weeks ago, and it's where my family is. My parents and my brother. My brother's married, has three kids. And they, they wanted to take the grandkids to the water park. Absolutely. Be fun. Danielle and I are not able to go to the water park. So it's mom and dad, my brother, his wife, and six kids. I go to the water park. They go to the water park and they get there and the three girls are, are right at 11 years old. They're big girls, sixth graders. We got this, we're good, we're, we're going to kind of do our own thing. And they separate themselves from mom and dad, aunt and uncle, grandparents. Well, Ava and Victoria come back, but my other daughter, Bree, doesn't. Panic sets in. My mom and dad, they frantically start looking for my brother and my, my sister-in-law start looking for Bree. They can't find her 20 minutes or so pass. That area, Houston area, is one of the highest trafficking, human trafficking areas in the country. They're freaking out. 
They go to a lifeguard and they begin to tell the lifeguard the plea and the lifeguard can't do anything. He's at his station. It really, he really was like, I just, I can't do anything. I, I, it's not my responsibility. I can't do anything. Can't help. And my mom was like, she was, she's the Nana is what they call her. And she was like steaming mad that he wouldn't step to do something to help her find her lost granddaughter. Now this didn't happen, but can you imagine the other kids coming up to my parents at that moment and saying, hey, where, where are we going to go eat? What's, what's for dinner later? You know why they didn't do that? And why that question wouldn't matter is because someone was lost. And the only thing that matters is lost. Only thing that mattered was finding Bree. We've got to find Bree. We got to get to where she is. We got to find her. We got to notify her. We got to find whatever it takes. She's lost and we need to find her. That's what we do. Because you never do an inventory of found things when something is missing. Well, there's my couch. You never do it. But when something's missing, that's what we're thinking about. Who in your world, who in your circle really needs Jesus? Who in your family needs to have an encounter with Christ? Who is lost? It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. You have a circle of friends and influences. You have a circle of people in your world that only you will ever touch. That you will only reach. Tell them about your faith. Share Jesus with them. Because the value... It's in its application. There's always going to be a seed. If you don't like reaching lost people, then you've found the wrong church. Nothing else matters with the lost world. I told our team earlier that there's an ice cream shop here that we've connected with. We live close by. and We just asked them, said, would you care if we put a little tent up and and harass people, but invited people to church. You're pretty busy, and just give them some one oak gear. And I said, absolutely, absolutely. The owner's name is Kathy, and husband is Jim. Good people. There's a waitress at Lockhart's the other day that we went. And we're just kind. We're just nice people. We just connected with her. And she began to ask where we lived and what do you do? And there's always that, that moment when they, people ask, what do you do for a living? I'm like, all right, do I tell them, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm a pastor, pastor of church here in Royal Oak. And the demeanor and countenance on this lady's face. She's not been to church yet. She said, just remember me in your prayers. Absolutely, we will. You had to connect first. Many of you know that I get to do something incredible every week, and I work with a lot of players, a lot of football players and coaches. I was telling TJ earlier that it's an incredible opportunity to get to share your faith each and every day. I made a commitment to God not too long ago that every opportunity I have to talk about you, I will. Not in a forceful way. Let me just tell you, you guys, you have to connect first. You have to connect to them. 
before you connect them to him, okay? Do it in a loving and caring way. I have people only I can reach. And you have people only you can reach. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. You may be in the water. It may be the wilderness. On the other side of the wilderness is your opportunity to witness. And the greatest miracles of Jesus' ministry happened then. And I'm believing that for you. On October 1st, we're celebrating our one-year birthday here at our church. Over the summer, we've witnessed growth in our church. New people come every week. And so on October 1st, we're going to make room for more. And so we're going to offer two worship opportunities. We're going to offer you an opportunity to sit in service and serve in a service. To work one or worship one, however you want to say that. Because I believe in the revival that God is sending our church. And I believe in what's in your heart. And the opportunities that you have to share your faith and the witness and to tell others about him. I want you to think about somebody today. Somebody in your circle, somebody in your world that, man, I need to share my faith with them. I have a relationship with them. I'm connected to them. I, I want to tell them about Jesus. I want you to think about that. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and every mind on God. We're going to end service a little differently today and give you an opportunity just to connect right where you are. I want you to think of that person or that individual that God is calling you to keep going for, to keep praying for, to keep reaching for, to keep going after. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a a child. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe for you it's your neighbor. Maybe for you it's a coworker. Maybe for you it's a classmate, someone you go to school with. Whatever it is, whoever it is. I want you to think about them right now. I'm thinking about those in my life. I'm thinking about those in my world and how I can connect to them and help them find Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray for our church today. God, I pray for the, the people who have gathered in this space to connect to you. God, maybe they've, they've come through the water of, of affirmation and identification, God, and maybe they're fighting through the wilderness. Maybe they feel like, wow, why, did I ha- why am I here? Why am I going through this? And I'm encouraging today to keep going, that it's just a season that won't last long. And on the other side of the wilderness is your incredible witness to tell others about me. And I pray right now, I pray for them. I pray for their witness. I pray if they're in the wilderness, God, they would keep moving. I pray, Lord, that you would allow them to help and to reach and to teach, God. And as long as there's a lost and dying world, as long as people are far from God, we will exist to help introduce them to their Savior. And I pray right now, as we grow as a church, as we build as a church, God, that you would bless every person here and that they would see you each and every day. It's in your name we pray.